0: There she is. Susan's back. Susan! Hello. Hello. No. This is a little interesting. <laughs> this was a mission. We just spent the last hour and a half just to record. That's like testing microphones. We had to switch our recording platform. We tried a computer and we're now, you know, we're here. We also had to take a walk, too. We had to take a walk. We had to go pick up two sets of microphones just to figure only one's going to be okay for now. Yep. Penny was very thrilled, though. Oh, Penny. And now she's just mad. Yeah. It's fine. It's okay. She'll be okay. But what we we're all here to notice is we're together. We've been giving you these special little treats, but it's the big news. Do you want to tell them the big news? I thought you needed to tell them the big news. Okay, the big news. <laughs> I mean, it involves you mainly. I'm just, I'm still here, you know. <laughs> so the big news is we now live in the same neighborhood yay so now we're going to be recording together all the time and that means we both are now building out kind of like a studio at her house and at my house so at any point in time we record at any place my house is still a shit show because we just moved in Mm -hmm. literally like a week ago so expect a better setup to come like right now we get to record together and it like it looks a lot better than any other time we've recorded so i'm really excited for that yeah so far so good and i mean. But you guys don't see beyond the camera. You don't want to see. You don't. Yeah. There's a few people that have gotten to see what this looks like, and it's interesting. Yeah, to say the least. But uh, I mean, it looks like the scene of the casting couch is really. (laughs) (laughs) There's not dudes behind us. It's just like it. Yeah. (laughs) We'll get it dialed in. You know, there's a couple things that I think we won't need to purchase, especially. (laughs) <laughs> for this room, listen. Microphones are being purchased. That's the biggest news. We've accepted that our microphones suck, and audio fixing can only go so far. So we've come a long way in terms of our audio, and we will get better mics. So that is to come. But all of that to say, we're not going to get to report together. It's going to be super fun. It's all the shenanigans are going to occur in titty mics. Titty mics. So you're all welcome. We're happy to have you. So if you're new here, welcome to (laughs) Killer to Brunch. It's a true crime offing student podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Darcy, and I'm the other co-host Shannon. We are very happy to have you. And if you're a returning or a long-term listener, hello and thank you for being here. We love to have you here. And definitely drop your name in the comments. We would love to give you a shout out. And just side tangent, I do want to give a shout out to everyone who subscribed to us on YouTube. Our YouTube channel has slowly been increasing in subs. I haven't checked it today before recording. But I just want to say like, to everyone listening on YouTube, Thank you so much for the support. We really appreciate you. It's been really cool to reach your comments and how you guys engage. So please continue to do so. we really enjoy it. And let us know if there's content you want us to cover. Let us know if there are things we can do better to give you guys a better listening and viewing experience. So thank you so much for being here. Yeah. And I also just want to say thank you to Darcy, especially because she works very hard on those videos and they turn out amazing every time. All your little editing tricks and everything. I'm just here for my voice, you know. My well, you're, you're the pretty one. You're the favorite. Well, thank you, but I'm not. You are, though. So. All right. <laughs> Any news, you guys? I know I struggle with compliments. It's a thing. You can just accept it. Yeah, no thing. First of all, I have been your friend for a very long time. I don't give you compliments because to fake. I give you compliments because to true. A... Well, thanks. I, I appreciate that. I really hope it stays that way. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so I'll just say welcome back. Oh, also another fun side topic: we're coming up on our one-year anniversary in September. We definitely haven't started planning anything. We should probably start planning that. <laughs> That's gonna creep up on us. I mean, know rather than later. My defense: I didn't know it was in September. She's the dates person as well. I, like I said, I literally show up with my voice and my presence. I'm like so we're on episode like 39. But it's just here we're at. I'm like what episode number? I've lost track so many times of what episode number. I I give up on. She shows up with tits, content, and booze. That's all I can ask for. Yeah. That's that's literally me in a nutshell. Tits, booze, and content. Yeah, usually in that order. Well, and or booze, tits, content. People. That's kind of a plus. Yeah. Yeah, most of the time it's a plus. (laughs) For me, it's a plus. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't cashed in that keep. You know, not an alive me. I'm (laughs) kidding. (laughs) Ow. Oh, (laughs) we're going to edit all that out. (laughs) Yeah, the spilling of the wine, maybe not the chicken. Did it get on the titty mic though? No. The titty mic is fine. titty mic is dry. It got on my hand and my lip. (laughs) (laughs) didn't even get on the pillow, which is impressive. Okay, so. I'm gonna turn it over to you. Okay, so I'm really excited about this one. It definitely caught my attention. So I'm gonna tell you, don't look at my screen, by the way. It's very hard when she's actually next to me because I'm like, fucking don't read my hey, screen. but you do know I'm looking at your face the entire time. I don't look <laughs> at, you at your face. Good, Okay. <laughs> good. Because it's gonna spoil everything, okay? Spoilers. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so this is going to be a topic, and it's literally called the Twilight Killers. <gasps> okay. So I'm going to insert the Twilight and intro a little bit here. I'm now entering it a Okay. They're called the world. Twilight. Was so if you So if you had okay, this is my question for you. Actually, is <laughs> why are you called the Twilight? Killers? Okay, I have two theories. Okay, depending on the timeline. Okay, it has everything to do with Twilight, the series, Sparkle everywhere. Or, like <laughs> vampires? <Yeah. laughs> Everything to do with the Twilight series. Depending on the timeline. I don't know what year it says. Or, they killed at Twilight. When people called it Twilight. That's it. That's the only, that's the only two options. <laughs> well, I'm going to make you wait, so... to find the answer to that question. To yeah, everybody gets to wait. But also, I just wanted to put out there, because I know there's a good about remembering to do this, so I put it in my notes this time, is that this is a trigger warning. It is a story regarding a murder of a child and actually child murderers. Gross. Yeah. So I don't think, I was trying to remember, I'm like, I don't think we've ever done a topic or uh, an episode yet regarding children that murder. Have we? Oh, you mean the murderer are minors? Yes. Okay, I thought you meant like people who just killed children. No, we haven't. This will be a first. Yeah. Yay. I was hoping for that because I was like, this is absolutely wild. So yeah. The murderers themselves are underage and it is very brutal. Is that plural? Oh, Lord. You know, buckle up here. Okay, so this is the story, and some of you might have heard this because it's not super old. Kim Edwards and Lucas Markham. Okay, Edwards, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have never heard of them. Okay. I might have heard of a crime. I'm not good with names, believe it or not. You will know, if you heard the story you'll definitely know their names for sure too so this happened in 2016 kim edwards let's start out with who they are so she was born june 13th of 2001 that wild so she's a gemini she's it's wild 2001 you guys like it makes me feel very old she could drink regularly right and uh, yeah Oof. that makes me want to vomit and lucas markham he was born august 1st 2001 so he's just a little bit younger than um, they were only 14 years old when they decided to take the lives of two people. Yeah. And this occurred in a town called Spalding in Lincolnshire, England. So in the UK. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a UK story. So if anybody's in UK, you're probably super familiar with this because like, I said, it's not super old. So 2016, it was huge. And they were actually like the youngest- convicted murderers in the uk i think wow yeah tell us what you guys how did it go if you're listening we do have listeners in the uk i think the uk is like our second yeah. highest listeners so you guys tell us how that fucking went down yeah it's crazy so who are the victims well i'm gonna go ahead and kind of tell you a little bit about that so the victims were none other than him's mother
1: i who- knew was a
0: parent yep uh-huh. poor elizabeth who's only 49 at the time was one of the victims, and they also killed her younger sister, who was 13. There's just something about people killing their siblings mm-hmm. with other people, you know? This story just, like, totally spoke to me on so many levels, and you'll see why Darcy, honestly. So, yeah, like, her and her sister are super close in age. Like, obviously, Kim's 14, and her sister, who is Katie, is 13. They're almost, like, considered, have you ever heard of the term, like, Irish twins? Yeah where it's like they're almost even born the same year because it's like the mom gave birth. Yeah, they're literally within, born within 10 months of each other. Yeah. yeah. So they're super close in age. So keep that in mind too, because that's also another important. Now before, like I usually do, before we get to the actual murder itself, I do like to dig into who the murders were. So at first we're going to go ahead and go through who Kim is, and then we'll kind of get into who Lucas is. Uh-huh. But them together, of course, they were a boyfriend-girlfriend, of course, you yeah. know. And of course, they did meet in school. <laughs> now, what got me like laughing was, of course, the way Kim met Lucas, she encountered him by walking into, I think it was like a math class in school. And her first encounter with Lucas was, he was in a fit of rage and throwing a chair at his teacher. And she was like, I'm wet. Yes. Love at first sight. Love at first chair throw. Yeah. So that's it. That's the one right there. That's the one. That is the one. <laughs> now you know obviously clearly Lucas was a troubled kid but the reason why Kim was so drawn to him is because she also had issues so mm-hmm. she was just like he's my type he's my he type he understands me so a little bit about Kim is that she first her father left her mother when she's pretty young so I don't know exactly how old she was but it was definitely pretty young that can be really hard growing up too like when your parent just like walks out basically, so that was a big deal for her, and I think it was, you know, alcohol-related, you know, dad walked out and mom, that kind of thing, and then she would constantly be getting in trouble, even at such an early age, so there was even a report regarding Kim and her mother, Elizabeth, back in 2008, when Kim was only six years old, Elizabeth had actually, I guess the report said she had slapped her in the face, so I mean, yeah, that's kind of brutal for a six-year-old, like, to slap her in the face. It's kind of strange how, I think what happened was, like, the slap occurred, you know, obviously Kim was upset, the child, and Elizabeth was upset, and Elizabeth had that moment of, what am I doing, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So the strange twist about that is, is that Elizabeth actually calls Child Protective Services on herself. Wow. That's yeah. a first. And, it, you know, at first I was like, why would you, you know, Why? And, but then I was like, okay, maybe she realized, like, obviously if this was all around the same time that the father left, walked out, you know, she's, maybe I need to take a step back as mom and really figure out, like, me for a second. And, you know, like, you know, obviously I did something, maybe that wasn't appropriate and hitting my six-year-old and stuff. So she took the initiative to be like, I need to figure stuff out, maybe take a breather, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And also I'm not safe for my child. Like, right. she also did you know, you shouldn't be slapping your six-year-old. You know, that's not okay. And she's like, oh, this isn't... To be able to reflect and be like, this isn't who I want to be as a parent or a person, and this isn't who I am is kind of what I feel you're getting at. Yeah. To also be like, I'm not a safe place for my child. Therefore, I'm not safe for her. She does need to be with me. So she did the right thing for her kid. Yeah. So ultimately, that's... And I agreed, too. I was like, you know, I actually... Don't think that was a bad thing that she did that. Now, so the kids obviously got taken away, both Kim and Katie. They were put into foster care for I think just a few months. Ultimately, foster care probably felt the same way. Like she just needed time, like she needed to figure things out. Her husband just left her, like all the things, you know. And so of course the girls were returned back to Elizabeth. And everything was fine overall, you know, mm-hmm. From then going forward. But, and it's hard because at six years old, you know, I'm sure you can remember things. And Elizabeth would say she felt like, Kim never forgave her, even at six years old. You know, so maybe that was part of one of the root causes. I don't know. But other than that, Elizabeth, as a mom, was a good mom. She actually worked in a school. She was considered kind of like a lunch lady. She loved working with kids. She was involved in her church. She was just trying to be an overall good mom. She actually did meet somebody, too, after the father had left. So his name was Graham, and he actually really fit in well. He, at first, had a hard time like connecting with Kim, because she was just, like I said, she was different, Um, but he said that he loved all the girls, you know, he loved them to death, you know, and he really, you know, wanted to see a future with them, so things were really looking up, and unfortunately, though, like I said, Kim never got over it, there was still tension, and as she gets older, especially into those teenage years, you know, you get your kids that just kind of want to rebel, and that's all they want to do. But Elizabeth would always say that she's just had such a difficult time with Kim, always. Kim would go on to say basically too that Elizabeth would, her mother, would have favoritism, which was huge in regards mm-hmm. to her and Katie. Like I said, Katie and her were so close in age that she felt like she was in constant competition and she was never going to be good enough like her sister which, like I said, you would, I mean, I'll just say it right now. Like, I know how that feels in a weird way. Like, Darcy knows my backstory. And it's to have a sibling where there's such that rivalry and, like, that jealousy, it's huge. Mm-hmm. Kim was a very unhappy kid. She really clung on to that and that depression that she would run away a lot. She would act out in school. She even attempted suicide at one point with pain pills. Didn't obviously have any success with it. But so, yeah, that's like Kim in a nutshell severe depression, just some anger issues in there, jealousy, crying out for help, crying out for help. But it's what I don't understand is that when you talk to everybody else, they're like, it was almost just like it was all in Kim's head, kind of the way she was perceiving things. So it's difficult. Now, so she, like I said, Kim likes to say she had a hard childhood, which it was different, but. In comparison, like, I would say Lucas, for sure, had a difficult childhood. Yeah. So him, at the age of four, Lucas was was placed in foster care. And that was due to, actually, his parents, who were going through the most violent divorce. So it was a completely unsafe environment. Eventually, he would move into his aunt's house because they didn't get the divorce. And sadly, just, I think it was like a year after he moved in with his aunt, he was in, like, foster care back and forth between that. That aunt eventually did adopt him and his other siblings but a year later his mother actually died of leukemia damn yeah so not only that so he's now living with his aunt his mother died his dad basically abandoned him too so his dad was also a raging alcoholic basically was like i don't want to be involved in my kids at all whatsoever so he just basically disappeared so now he's just living with his aunt. This created issues for Lucas, such as like severe anger, throwing chairs, clearly, and a huge, severe like fear of abandonment. Sure. So, obviously, mom dying, dad leaving, like that's huge for him. So, he acts out in these fits of rage when he feels like he's losing that control. Somebody's gonna leave him, that kind of thing. When you move on to the two of them together, so you think about it now you know Kim, now you know Lucas. Put those two and two together it's rough so it's very much like the whole like Kim was like I said love at first sight
1: same with Lucas it's like that
0: whole body and Clyde relationship yeah you have both people who have daddy issues uh-huh they I mean both have mommy and daddy issues you have one who has a fear of abandonment you have one who's desperate but probably codependent on her part and uh, you also have I would say both of them, but more so Lucas, who has an inability to, he doesn't have any healthy coping mechanisms for his anger. So I don't see what they go on. Right, right. And it was very much like they bonded on so many different levels. They were, like said, Bonnie and Clyde it was them against the world. Right. Basically. Misunderstood. Nobody gets me. My parents hate me. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All the things. Now, when Kim brings Lucas over to meet her family, of course, they were very much so less impressed by him. Sure. You know, he shows up as this arrogant, shitty attitude kid. And they're like, yeah. Absolutely not. I'm not having it. Now, that would only fuel the desire for Kim to want to be with you because she's Oh, you absolutely. Guys, you guys don't want me to be with him? I want to be with him so bad now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just like 13, 14 years old. We've all done it. Yeah. And now their relationship is like the definition of toxic, in my opinion. So Elizabeth saw this and she said, Like, just, it was crazy just seven weeks before the actual murder took place she's the two of them are really like a ticking time bomb Ooh, what foreshadowing yeah yeah so like i said they were eventually with all the things that they were doing they found out like kim's mom found out she was having unprotected sex like they are you know already having you know intercourse together at the age of 14 or 13 They were running away constantly, you know, they weren't paying attention to school. It was just the two of them, like that. nothing else mattered in the world. She was eventually, Kim was eventually forbidden to see him. So they each snuck out of their homes and they actually ran away for six days and then they lived in a tent. Eventually they were found and then they were obviously separated and taken back to each of their homes. And still, though, they were still like, no, like they're telling us that we can't be together. We're going to be together vomit you know spite it's all out of spite yeah they're telling us that you know they're just trying to separate us yeah didn't want us to be happy yeah so kim sneaks out she manages to sneak out somehow goes over to lucas's house they end up barricading into his room basically <laughs> and they i don't know what they were like planning on doing it's like, it's like living in the bedroom look <laughs> at oh my god i'm worried about living yeah I mean, he can pee out the window, right? Yeah. What was your ultimate goal there, you guys? I don't know. Please weren't a thing back then. (laughs) But the, you know, priorities, of course, is then having to leave his room. You want to know why they had to leave his room? Food. Nope. What? Tim made the discovery that when she packed her bag, she forgot to pack her birth control. I thought they were... I mean, at least they were... At least she was taking birth control. Yeah. Yeah, so they had to...
1: Okay, Okay. they have to leave the
0: room to go get her birth control at her house. Somehow they managed to go to her house, get the birth control, and get back. Okay, there's a little responsibility there. Yeah, I mean, it's little, but it's there. Yeah, so she gets it. They get back to his house. Family discovers what it was that they were doing. And so I guess Lucas's family, a, a couple members, maybe like his brothers or something like that. (laughs) <laughs> the way they put it is like they literally had to rugby tackle him to like the ground <laughs> and they're like what you know like obviously like, what the fuck is going on what are you guys doing like you, guys, you know you can't be together stop this and so then of course they send Kim back home you can't be here that kind of thing and my assumption is that the families were talking to each other at some point sure and we're like you no, know, they both agree that you know this can't be continuously happening so now both families are on board and I guess as I don't know if this was like a pre-spoken thing or whatnot, but when Kim got home and then shortly after, like with Lucas, both of their families decided that they were going to pack up all their shit in bags and be like, you know what, fine, you know, I can't do this anymore kind of thing. And I'm like, I personally, my parents never packed up my bags for me or anything like that. Like, I guess I wasn't that much of a misbehaving child to warrant that. Did your parents ever go that far? I mean, I don't think my parents cared enough. Yeah. I mean, they kind of, they kind of like let me do whatever I want. Because yes. it was easy. I mean, I was like, I got good grades and I wasn't smoking no. crack. So because of that, yeah. they're like, you earned these privileges. They took and them I away. like, yeah. And then I'm like, yeah, sure. Do you boo, but okay. But no, my parents kind of packed my bags. Yeah. So simultaneously, like these families packed their bags for them. But needless to say, like the kids end up staying at home because... They already more tried more psychology on they, them. Huh? <laughs> they already tried the whole 10 thing and that didn't work out for them. But again, this doesn't stop them, you know. So now at this point, not only does Kim hate her mom, but Lucas has now targeted his rage at her mom being like the reason why now his family's involved too. Sure. So what do they do? Well, I don't know if they like skip class or something, but somehow, I don't know how these kids do it. Makes me terrified of their kids, is they somehow managed to meet up at McDonald's. You know, they were eating a couple of Happy Meals, and then they started talking about how to go about murder, they're the source of problem. So they discussed their plans over McDonald's Happy Meal, as one does. Yep. Now, the actual murder itself, we're going to dive into that. It occurred on April 13th of 2016. Their twisted fantasy would become a reality. They had been planning, it, like I said, for a while from McDonald's. But they did have two failed prior attempts. Wow. Third time to charm, huh? Yeah. But you want to know why the two prior attempts failed? Is it, what's this? Nope. Because each night, what the plan was that Lucas was going to come over to the house, uh, knock on the bathroom window three times, and Kim was going to let him in. So Lucas does as he's supposed to do, comes over to the house, knocks on the window three times, and both prior times, Kim had fallen wow yeah and to me that's like, i'm sorry but you're literally planning to murder your family and you're just casually falling asleep that's such like a disconnect in your brain and i know a lot of other people say the same thing too but it really is you are literally talking about wiping people off this planet but you're also just falling asleep because it's just nothing yeah she kept falling asleep so luckily i not luckily i should say on the third night when Lucas shows up she finally opens up the window for him to come in. So when he comes in he has a bag with him and it's literally just full of like kitchen knives. So they're like, "Well, I guess we're going to we're going to do the thing." The first mission for the two of them was that they were they had planned to kill Elizabeth first. So what they did was while she was sleeping they go into her room I know a lot of people are like, "Well, what about that Graham guy, which was uh-huh, like her the boyfriend?" The boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Now, at first, I was like, "What about him too?" And then I realized when I was going through some of my research that uh, one of them had mentioned he was basically like a truck driver, so he wasn't in town. Right. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So that's why. And, but he Graham did mention that like even when he was out doing like, his runs and stuff like that, they were always in contact. So keep that in mind too. Like he just wasn't home at the time, so they planned it to on you know on a night when he wasn't going to be there. So what actually happened was Lucas would go into the room. He the first thing he did was stab Elizabeth in the neck. Okay. And when asked why, you know, why did that occur, and he literally said, "Well, that's where the voice box is." Okay. Yeah. So I, in his mind, and, you know, and also it's not for mind. Right? Exactly. So of course that doesn't immediately kill her, mm-hmm. sadly. Mm-hmm. So he then proceeds to get on top of her. And as she begins to bite back, he's still trying to stab her, realizing that it's a lot of a struggle. So what does he do? He gets the next nearest thing, which happens to be a pillow, while also still stabbing her during the struggle, puts the pillow on her face. She's bleeding all over the place. So the combination of stabbing her and smothering her basically with a pillow. Now, during this struggle, like I said, it was not quick, unfortunately. Yeah. Kim did get concerned. Oh, wow. But you want to know why she was concerned? That her sister weighed up? No, she was concerned that Lucas was in trouble. Oh. oh. um but- yeah, so she went in to check on Lucas. I mean, show him that she thought the him. <laughs> yeah, she went in to check on Lucas, you know. Uh-huh. So obviously she, least, she saw literally her mother being murdered. And the most chilling thing that I read during this whole research was at one point during her interviews and stuff like that, she remembers that she saw a hand. You know, granted, there's blood everywhere, you guys. Blood everywhere. So she saw a hand, like, reach out. And initially, Kim had thought that it was Lucas's hand, so she like grabs it to try to like, comfort it. But when she realizes it's actually her mother's hand, she literally just like looks at it and drops it. It's so, like it—it it makes me so sad to know that, like, in her mother's like last moments, she just needed that comfort. Like she's reaching out for her, and she got it. But then when Kim realized it was her mom's hand, she just was like, "Go yeah, and drops it." And yeah, and that's it. So eventually, this. Kim said it took 10 minutes, but I think that was an exaggeration, and Lucas said the same thing. He was like, no, it's probably more like three minutes, but still. was not a clean kill by any means. They forced to check the bulls. She was dead. So. Then they move on to her sister, Katie. Did they say why they killed Katie? What's the purpose of killing Katie? Oh, I'm about to get into that. So, the initial plan that they discussed at McDonald's was... That... Yes, yeah, happened meals. I of those. But was it nuggets? Or was it a cheeseburger? I feel like they had one of each. Yeah. I mean, she strikes me as a nugget gal. Yeah. 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 So the plan was that Lucas was obviously supposed to kill Elizabeth. And then after that, him was supposed to kill Katie, her sister. Now, supposedly, according to both of them, after seeing the carnage of Lucas killing her mother, she was just so distraught, had this panic attack moment, which I'm thinking she was more afraid for Lucas, honestly, than anything for sure. Like what it actually takes to kill a person? Yeah. That she's like, I can't do it. You know, I can't. Like, I just, she's freaking out. You know, Lucas being, no, he is. You know, he's, okay, I'll do it then. Man. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to. He's probably riding such a fucking high. Yeah. You know, so she's okay. You know, they go along with going over to Katie's room, which also happens to be Kim's room, by the way. Goes into the room where Katie's sleeping still. And basically in the exact same way, because, you know, it works so well the first time. Lucas goes over to Katie and, you know, stabs her in the neck to try to get to the voice box yet again. And none of that woke her up? Not, like, from her mom, no. Because, I mean, they stabbed her in the neck, you know. Okay, so as a nurse, when you get stabbed in the neck, oftentimes, even if it doesn't hit the trachea, like, you're, if you're involving any of that area, like, you're going to have blood, like, coming up, too. Uh-huh. Like, even if you nick the trachea slightly, like, blood's everywhere. And like, So, like I said, when Kim went into the room to check on Lucas, it's uh-huh. because she actually, you can read this in the research, too, so I'm glad you brought that up. She said it's because she heard gurgling noises. Yeah, because her mom was choking on her own vomit. her own blood. Yeah. So... Yeah, Katie didn't hear it. But again, so they went in there to try to, again, knife her in the voice box, I guess. Still kind of struggled a little bit. Also, again, just grabbed the pillow and ended up like smothering her and like suffocating her to death with a pillow. I did also want to note, though, like how real it was with Elizabeth. Um, I know it's really rough to hear you guys, so I do apologize. She was actually stabbed eight times. And the saddest part is, is, five of those stab wounds were actually in her hands because she was trying to defend herself. Defensive wounds, yeah, yeah. Which to me, I'm like, Ooh. just the thought of like my hands stabbed that straight through her hand. Yeah, they said it was like an eight-inch butcher knife that he had got from the kitchen. Yeah, and the sad part too is like when they were doing autopsies and things like that when I was doing my research is that when they're they always talk about like the force of the penetration and stuff like that. He's fourteen years old, so I gonna mean, get it. But they said it was only like a moderate force, so it's like it wasn't going to be enough to kill her, unless mm-hmm. he hit like the right things. I mean, so he did yeah. hit a couple of the arteries and stuff like that, but it wasn't like you know, like a slasher movie where you like cut the throat and then like blood gushes out. It wasn't. Right. It wasn't like an instantaneous It was death. slow death. Yeah, a slow painful death. Because I mean, he was fourteen years old. He didn't know what he was doing either, and not like that. But I wouldn't know what I was doing when I was trying to kill somebody. But yeah. It wasn't like, you know, you would think, oh, I just cut, you know, stab in the throat and I'm done. It's not like the movies, in other words. So now Katie's dead too. You know, her mom said You know, what do you think they did after that? I mean, I won't go back to this. I want to know why they killed Katie. <laughs> Was she like, and then you're going to get there, but I want to know why they killed Katie. Okay, what do I think they did? They're 14 years old they just killed two people so they probably packed terribly and then they fled absolutely not no no okay so too better. much credit <laughs> yeah way too much credit <laughs> okay great good to know so obviously they're covered in blood you know blood's fucking everywhere mm-hmm. which by the way what pissed me off was that DNA everywhere yeah yeah what pissed me off was that when they were you know put under arrest and everything like that. One of the things that Lucas had mentioned during the whole interview and stuff like that, he was really sad that he got blood on that shirt because he really wanted to wear it again. What did he think was going to happen? I don't know. What is it? it, but, But TV even shows blood everywhere. Put on a different, put a trash bag on, bro. I don't know. Yeah, I mean. Don't wear your good shirt for murder. Yeah, also. Sorry you can't wear that shirt again, God fucking forbid. Jesus anyways so covered in blood and everything so what do they do they decided to take a nice lovely bath together hot yeah so i was listening to one of the episodes of morbid because they did this topic oh, i yeah, love, love morbid and they brought up a good point they're like wow it's like a literal blood bath it's like oh my god what a literal blood what? Bath. yeah <laughs> <So good. laughs> gross uh-huh and mind you this is just right a across bath? like you get showered the blood off yes yeah. But they want to wash it off of each other, you know. Yeah. <laughs> they literally just, you know, scrub the right. off of each other. going have oh, a nice see. little romantic bath after murdering her mom and her sister. And so yeah. And mind you, like I said, this is literally across the hall from where the two bodies are. Yeah. Same household, and everything there's casual. They would actually stay in that house for 36 hours. 36 hours. Yep. So they then decided, you know, and, and you know, why flee, right? It's down to make a sandwich. I'd be hungry. Yeah, you know, like why? So they're gonna know. All right. nobody's gonna find out. Nobody's gonna know. No. How would they know? It just it blows my mind. So they then go back into the room where Katie is dead, grab Kim's mattress. And they're like, well, we don't want to sleep next to a dead. dead body. Yeah. So it's a mattress. They literally grab the mattress to eat all the way downstairs, set up a nice little cozy area on the floor with their mattress, proceed to then spend some time eating ice cream, having, you know, raided the liquor closet. They, you know, have their stuff, some booze. They have a lot of sex there, you know, watch some TV. And then also they make a point to note that they also got to spend some time having a Twilight movie marathon Fucking, okay, I was partially right. I was partially right. I just was like, I wanted to know why it was called like the Twilight Killers. And it's such a minute piece, but it is actually so unrelated to the whole thing. But that's the media for you. Yeah, that's the media for you. It's because they had a Twilight movie marathon, you guys. Twilight Killers. See, it's those movies that turn children against God's will. (laughs) First, Bill, we stray so far from God's light every day. I'm like, what were they like bonding over? Like, they thought she was Bella and like he thought he was like Edward or something. like. But she said her birth control, so no. You know, I'm like, maybe it was like because nobody wanted them to be they together. And then, like, when you know, Edward was going to sacrifice himself and die, like, Bella just wanted, she didn't want to live anymore. And like, I don't. Who knows? And they really liked the Twilight series, so they had a nice movie marathon. Well, yeah. I mean, they have a poor taste anyway. Well, the bodies were upstairs. Now, the aftermath of this, obviously, like I said, but the 36 hours, they were just living in La La Land, you know, having their dream. Because that, really- uh, know, 36 hours didn't take time, didn't take long at all, really, for people to start getting concerned. So if you think about it, like, Elizabeth works, she didn't show up at work, which is abnormal for her. Her kid didn't show up for school. Literally, so Ken didn't show up for school, Katie didn't show up for school, and Lucas didn't show up for school. That's four people like missing. And Elizabeth didn't show for. Yeah. No one called, calling anybody sick. Yeah. I mean, how long did you think? Oh, it was her boyfriend's care? probably concerned? Yeah. He was too. So Graham did say too, he so, you know, we were always in contact. So I was like, why haven't I heard from her? So police were called, obviously, to do wellness checks on them. Kept knocking on the door, no answer. They left. They needed like a reason, basically. So finally, they go and they knock on the door. They hear the dog barking, but nothing else. And so I don't know what it was. They needed a reason to. But regardless, finally on like the third, something like wellness check that they were doing, they forcefully make entry. And when they enter in the home, they're literally just like immediately, you know, confronted with all of this. Kim and Lucas on the mattress on the floor. Just cuddling. Oh, so they did three wellness checks in a matter of 36 hours? Yeah, a couple of them. Wow. I don't know the exact, I don't want to say exactly three, but at least a couple. Because they had noted, because they had noted that they would knock on the door and nobody would answer, so they'd leave. And then finally they had to make forcible entry on that because nobody was answering. And when they go in there, they're just literally just cuddling on the bed in the mattress on the water. Which that's not weird. No. And they're like, so of course, like the police come in and they're like, what's... Happening. We found two of them. And so they're immediately they're like, Well, where's your mom Elizabeth? And Kim just responds, they said it was so kind of like freaky. it was like super cold. She's, oh she's upstairs. Oh my god, no, like nothing was wrong. And they're like, Well, can she come down? And it was something along the lines of eventually, like all Lucas would say was, Why don't you just go take a look? Well, they're just laying there, covering mom the mattress anymore. Very excited to see their expressions. Yeah. So, of course, please. Like right what there. did they think was going to happen? Yeah. Um, I don't think they cared. Honestly, no, I don't think they cared. They achieved what they wanted to achieve. Yeah. And that so, so was it. Obviously, police go upstairs, and they are just like, what the fuck? Not just one. You found them all. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Of course, they're immediately put in cuffs, you know, taken into the police station. I guess on the way out of the house was when Graham finally showed up from getting the war. Yeah. Oh, that's sad. And so Graham literally, I remember looking at Kim and when she made eye contact with him, all she did was look down to the ground, like super quickly. Oh, fuck off. Yeah. You don't get to have remorse now. Yeah. Oh, trust me. And so the saddest thing that, like, tugged at my heartstrings, too, was for Graham. Like, he he legitimately was trying to do his best, like, for this whole family. Sure. And so because of the the timing, of him showing up, right? Then, as they're getting taken out, police are like, can you identify these bodies? So he mentions, things I would not wish this upon anyone in the world. He had to go upstairs and identify Elizabeth and Katie. And because I was like, please don't know them. Like, they have pictures. But still, if you need, you know, an actual identification. And, like, Graham was like, you know, I, he was talking about how it was really hard for him because he had actually been planning on getting to get married Aww. and all the things. Like, he had bought them a dog, that same dog was barking when the police came. Like, he had bought the whole family a dog. It's was just genuinely like a good guy. I was like, oh, that sucks. You know, so they get taken to the police station, Kim and Lucas. And, you know, they started doing their investigation, doing their crimes and stuff. I guess at the house they discovered a both suicide note. Okay, sure. Yeah, and you want to know what this title is? What? Fuck you, world. Uh huh. Yeah, That's right. So I just see this like envelope that says "fuck you, world" on it. <laughs> okay. Opening it, up. and all it said was, "We don't give a fuck anymore. Oh, and we want to be cremated and to have our ashes scattered at our special place. Oh, because people know what that is." Right. You don't want what your fucking special place. Right. Are. Not only that, but McDonald's? Like, I'm sorry, but what gives you the actual fucking right? Yeah. McDonald's? You want yeah. your ashes scattered there? Yeah. Amongst the nuggets? Yeah. Amongst the nuggets and french fries. That's, That's unsanitary. unsanitary. I don't know. I don't know. But clearly, they didn't actually want to commit suicide. No. They, what was the purpose of that? Yeah. I'm like, they said that they were going to, and I don't know what the reason why know. they didn't. No, they weren't. My thing is, if I had a guess, they probably raided that liquor cabinet and got drunk. And let's write a suicide note, commit suicide. Or they were like, let's write a suicide note while drunk and like, then we'll leave. And so by the time the police get here, they'll think that we killed ourselves. Like a murder-suicide. Maybe I'm giving them too much credit, but that's, I don't know. They don't give me the vibe that they are willing to kill themselves. No, not at all. Because, yeah, they finally got what they wanted, you know? They had a little dream house. Bodies included. Yeah. But probably they totally didn't stay. Yeah. Pause. All right. Back from our intermission. Switching. Yes. Yes, I'm green. We are good to go. Green means go. No. Psychologically, clearly, there's a lot to unravel here. Sure. When police initially interview the two of them, obviously in separate rooms, both of them literally showed absolutely no remorse whatsoever, especially Kim. None. She was downright chipper. The odd things initially in their interviews, like Lucas was, of course, at first be, you know, the macho. strong, macho, didn't want to talk to police, that whole thing. Eventually he would. Now Kim, on the other hand, she just started spewing out everything. Oh, so she not only didn't give a shit; she's also let me tell you exactly what happened, pretty much. But what she was trying to do, and this is just like it screams so many red flags, is that her story really just revolved around how she felt and her issues psychologically. She's the victim, exactly. That's what she was trying to portray herself as. Was like you know my mom didn't love me enough and all the things and like my dad left me she slapped me once when I was six I wasn't her favorite that kind of thing that's that was like how she explained how everything went that was her primary focus now on the other hand with Lucas when he did finally start talking the odd thing with him which it's a lot of like dissociation too was like he finally admitted to it and it was almost like Reading off like a laundry list. If you you can actually listen into their interviews, which is wildly be best, because like the UK actually like let them out into the public. And it's like he's just listing off a laundry list of how everything happened. You know, just so matter of fact, like we're almost robotic. Like, like instructions. Yeah. So it happened, and this is what I did next. And then there was this. And then uh-huh. I did that. And which is like a polar opposite of Kim. My life sucked. Right. It was so terrible. What well, was me, kind of thing? And then, it pretty much almost immediately too, Kim just kind of like throws Lucas under the bus. She's like, okay, "I don't need him anymore." Well, yeah, because she, like, I didn't kill them. Yeah, because she's probably starting to figure out, like, oh, I can get in trouble for this, but I didn't kill them. So it's just wild to me that so quickly she was like somebody who listens to like her world. She's like, okay, whatever. He's gone. Well, he was her world when she needed him. To be. Yeah, I guess. So of course she didn't you know claim that severe depression and like when police this is where I'm gonna tell you now when police were part oh, yes so when they asked okay well why did you kill Katie? So two things came out and the first one was that you know Tim was trying to again play like the victim somewhat yeah to try to like I don't know gain some sympathy or whatever reason was her reasoning behind is so, well if Katie was still alive and she found out mom was dead she wouldn't be able to live with that fact so we had to kill her barf yeah of course that wasn't true because when they talked to lucas about it he's like well, yeah we had to kill her because her mom would call the cops or not she would call the cops about her mom right she was a witness yeah the I reason mean, she was a witness so it was just because she was there uh-huh. and then ultimately if you really dig down to it it really was a jealousy thing so not only was she there and she would have definitely called the cops but you know kim gained from it because that jealousy so she you know katie was always seen as like the favorite daughter whereas like kim would say that she was never going to be enough like katie and she was just more of a burden all these things you know so i think for me too like kim got like great satisfaction out of knowing that now katie's dead too which sucks because katie really didn't do anything to kim ever she was a good sister like for all of her accounts and, yeah, Katie was the more popular one. People liked her in school and all the things. Basically, everything that Kim wasn't, right, you know? And so there was just that, you know, they're black and white mm-hmm. I'm going to get that. For sure. We both know that. And it's scary to think that, like, Kim was just like, all right, let's kill her too. Right. Because I'm not going to address my problems. No. So when taken to court... You know, they had to have numerous psychologists really interview these kids. And you can actually read a lot of their documents, too, that they put out. Naturally, the lawyers would try to save the whole insanity plea on, you know, their parts for both of them. But ultimately, when you think about it, not only were they just completely, they don't have any remorse, but they know right from wrong. I'm sorry, but when it comes to an insanity plea and a psychosis decree, you know, like you have to think, like, those are the kind of people that aren't even actually aware of what they're doing because they're so psychotic. You know, they were well aware of what they were doing, in my opinion. There's no, you cannot, you know... Well, it's premeditate. That's the first thing. Yeah. Like, you can't just say, oh, it's because they have, you know, a just psychological disorder. Just one day, you know. And I'm like, I'm sorry, you can't just say you have a psychological disorder and that's why you killed people. Right. It's impossible for a 14-year-old, let alone two of them to kill a mother and a sister like that's just not possible they must have been fucking insane yeah and i'm sorry but regardless of the fact like you can have a psychological disorder in that. most people do that's the problem is like most people who have mental illness aren't great and the most ones that are stigmatized are psychopaths and schizophrenics right like those are the two that we hear a lot of in terms of like murderers and like notorious people it's like most people who have those diagnoses are actually not violent right right so I'm like you can't justify what you did just because you have issues right which you do you go to therapy for that you don't kill people especially your mom And your sister. Admitting you're the problem or admitting you have problems is hard for people who are like, I'm not the problem. Yeah. And I hate that I'm even bringing this up too, but like, in my opinion, like, Tim is like, almost by definition, like a narcissist. I mean, I can see that on a baseline level. And because one of the psychologists even was mentioning about how, like, like, how everything was just so crazy, like how everything happened. And, like, it was so mad of our faculty, even at one point, said, yeah, I'm thinking about writing a book about my life. Yeah, the next thing. Yeah. So, it's like she, it was just all centered around her and her issues, and nothing else mattered. Even, so did they paint her as the ringleader of this whole thing in court? I think eventually it did come out as that, which truly it kind of was, in my opinion. So, this is where a couple of my research articles that I was reading, like, people had differing, like, opinions on that. From what I researched, my personal opinion is that Kim was definitely the ringleader. And that's just me, not Lucas. Some people do believe that it was Lucas because of like his, just the simple fact of that he was the one that, that actually carried out the crimes and he had like anger issues and all that. But it's hard because I could strongly believe that Kim was more likely to do those murders regardless of if Lucas was in the picture or not. I think she still would have found a way to do it. But not by her hand. Right. So it's almost like, like even other people were saying to It's almost like she'll like hired head hitman at that point. And, you know, once the deed was done, she, like said, she could kind of just sit aside. And that's where I was like, you know, she was so centrally focused on herself. Whereas like Lucas, he cared so much about him. Like he would have done anything for literally, clearly he killed her mom and her sister, you know. So I think that You know, even though people were saying that and we sent in the first one at that McDonald's, we should just kill your mom. You know, I think it was more like in a joking way, but it seems like, okay, let's do it. And then that was the, you know, she kind of started and kickstarted that whole plan. But, you know, everybody's going to have their opinions. I mean, I'd love to also hear whatever you guys think. If you guys can, you know, listen to this, and even if you listen to Morbids or anybody else's, like to get everybody's different take on it, I think... A lot of us would agree that's him, but I do want to hear other opinions if you guys didn't think of Lucas that was more of the primary aggressor, I should say, but that's my opinion. Uh, so in the long run, they, of course, did not get that insanity or the psych- psychotic plea. Um, they would be found guilty of the devil murder and both of them would receive life in prison, unfortunately, with the chance of parole in 20 years. And this happened in 2016. Oh, so that's not long from now. Nope. And the, if you think about it, you guys, like you're, I'm talking about these were, so when the actual, no, it took two years for the whole court thing to go through. Obviously, the, 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 the hearings and yeah, yeah. Uh, so they were saying like, if they were to get out in 20 years, to put it into perspective, they'd only be 36 years old. Like that's wild. After killing two people because they were so young. It's scary. It's really scary. Well, it's even scarier if you think about, if you take the side of this, if you take the stance of Kim's a narcissist and the ringleader, Mm -hmm. that's what gets really scary. Mm -hmm. Because narcissists are good at manipulating others, which means if she's played the good prisoner for her entire time in jail, Mm -hmm. when she's up for parole they have no reason and she says the right things then they have no reason to not release her right which if that's true and she is the ringleader and she is the narcissist it's highly likely that she will get out yeah and if you think about it like it's so hard because there's a huge population of people and i mean that's not that it's not possible there's a huge amount of people that Especially since they were so young, they were children that believed that children especially are more able to be, like, rehabilitated in a sense. Uh-huh. And I'm kind of curious to see, like, what your opinion on that is. Do you think that is possible because they were so young? It's that whole, are they old enough to truly know the consequences? I mean, they were really at that cusp of the age, like at 14. Here's the thing. In today's world, we've come to agree that the human brain is not fully developed until you're about the age of 25, right? So up until you're 25, you're actually not fully developed. So a lot of times in court, it's argued for minors or young adults, like they're, it's a crime of passion, it's a this, it's a that. Like, right? They do a lot of that because they can play off of that science, mm-hmm. right? Not to say that it's not true. I agree that it's true, But there was a case that happened. I don't know if it was here, but there was a case that happened a few years ago of a kid who was 17 years old. He was at a party with his friends. He came from a very affluent family. He wanted for nothing and he was wasted. Him and his three friends got into his car, drove them home, got into a wreck. He killed everyone and the car he hit. He did not go to jail. He had so much money. His parents hired a lawyer. They were able to say that he had Munchausen's and that he didn't know right from wrong. Yet there were text messages and there was text to prove that he did know right from wrong. And he did know, well, if he didn't know right from wrong, why did he lie to the police about drinking? If he didn't know right from wrong, why did he lie about this? Why did he lie about that? Why did we have text saying X, Y, and Z? There was proof that he did know right from wrong, but because he came from an affluent family, because they had money because they probably knew people that could buy his freedom, he was slapped on the wrist with probation. Like, two years of probation. He killed, like, four people, and he didn't even go to jail. Anyone who was poor, or, like, a minority, they would have gotten the death sentence for that. That is just the world that we live in. And at the end of the day, do I think... I don't think that there is... I don't think rehabilitation can be subject to adult or child. We can see jails across the country or in the country of the world that have proof that rehabilitation works. In America, the prison system doesn't rehabilitate people. So do I think that those two are going to come out of jail rehabilitated? Absolutely not. I think they're going to come out more damaged. They're going to come out worse. They're not going to have any other way to function in this world. And they're going to go right back to crime because they are not going to have anyone. They're not going to have anything. And they're not going to have any knowledge or trades or skills than what they learned in prison. Because that's where they've been raised, is in mm-hmm. jail, right? So that's all they know. Yeah. And in America, jail doesn't help you become a better person mm-hmm. when you're released. Well, this is the UK though, but still. Oh my god, you are so right. I'm oh my god, I'm so dumb. I'm unsure how the UK jails work. I think they're pretty similar to America. Yeah. They're probably not as bad, but they're probably pretty similar. But again, they're not gonna have anyone or anything. Yeah. But overall, I think rehabilitation depends on the person. Change comes to who to those who want to change, right? Yeah. So if they want to be better people. They have to do the work to become better people. Yeah. And I mean like already though, like their track record like just shows that most people, not most, I should say. I'd say like a good media that commit a murder do have remorse almost immediately. They're like, oh my God, I just killed somebody. Uh-huh. Not them though. And that's the scary part. It's like they had none. So it's like, can they still change the me? But also what terrifies me is again their age. So again, they're gonna get out when they're in their mid 30s or even earlier 30s. Cause there was yeah, actually, they actually there were actually, there's an appeal, by the way, you guys, that there was an update. And I think it was like, like a year or two later after their sentencing, where they were like, because they were minors. Cause the shocking thing that I found out actually was that in the UK, you're considered to be more of an adult. Actually, earlier on in the U.S., even so, the U.S. You know, obviously, and you know, here is 18 years or older, you're an adult, right? So the U.K. actually tries them as an adult when they're. I, think, I don't know for 100% certainty, but I'm pretty positive it's like at the age of 11. Oh wow! So super young, but of course, you know, as times are changing, and you know, we're obviously learning more about the human brain and developmental things and stuff like that. They were able to say, hey, you know, I don't think that this should have. Received that sentence because they were so young; they were only fourteen. So when they did their appeal through the courts, they did get a, a reduced somewhat sentence. They still have life in prison to this day, but instead of it being twenty years, they get released. Possibly, I think it got just reduced down like seventeen. So what would that put it at? Sixteen. So six plus seven is thirteen. Carry the one. Twenty thirty-three. I'm like, I know. So soon this year even maybe so it would be just reduced it by three years but yeah. you know three years and then i do like i said i don't know how the uk's justice system works in the sense of like time served and not yeah you know whatever. Mm-hmm. but yeah it could it be, be very be soon and the scary thing do you like part of me is wondering if they both get you know that early release you know do you think that they're going to try to get back together I don't know. I mean, I guess that will depend on how he, I mean, that would depend on how he feels after everything happens. Have there been any recent interviews? Like, because that would obviously be a question. Do you still love him? Do you still love her? Do you guys still speak to God Yeah, stuff? but I mean, like, you right? can still say, oh, I don't love her, and then find her, like, in, you know, somewhere yeah, on, like I the neighborhood, mean, and be like, oh my God, you know. Just see you know, her down the street. And He's throwing a chair again at somebody, you know. At the neighbor. <laughs> and she's like, oh, I'm wet again. Ugh. So it's exactly never change. Cue the cheesy music, you know. And that kid's time that your mother. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the whole thing, I just, it blows my mind. But oh, and I just wanted to throw this in here because you know, I know how much you guys have Paris and France in general. The French phrase I learned, by the way, I want you to say it after because I will butcher Mm -hmm. it at this point. So it's that right there. Yep. Meaning a psychosis shared between two in a relationship. Oh. So it's, a, it's an actual, like, fully condi- Well, so the means condition two, yeah. Yeah. So foley me, must mean psychosis, or maybe between. Mm. But it's a phrase that was thrown out there by a lot of the psychologists, too, because they believe had they not been together, would it have still occurred? And, you know, that kind of thing. is because they were a pair, because it was, like, the perfect storm kind of mm. thing. That they created this monster mm. between the two of them, you know? I mean, maybe, I guess it goes back to what you talked about earlier. If they weren't together, would she have still found a way to do it? Or was it because he pitched out the quote-unquote joke of an idea Yeah, that she was like, let's fucking run with this? Yeah. I mean, and also in the long run, too, like one of the other the guys that I was like arguing this too. he was like, but I don't consider them to be in a psychosis, personally, is what no. he said. Yeah. No, so it's not either. like a true crazed whatever. Yeah. I think they were more well aware of what they were doing. Yeah, that's my story I had for you. It was the Twilight killers bonkers! Yeah, that's wild. Yep. Yeah, so the UK's youngest double murders. Fucking like wild. Fourteen, and I, like I said, I you and I don't have kids, but so I can't imagine having kids and be like, well, hopefully they don't murder me. So there's that. Well, I'll never have to worry about that. <laughs> that makes me think you should cover the the Slenderman killers. Do you know that story? I, if it's the same story, so when I was doing it's a research, couple of girls. It's a couple of girls in America. And they killed. They tried to kill their friend and they failed. Oh, yeah, They tried well, to sacrifice felt, yeah. her to Slenderman. There's a documentary on it. It's really good. Yeah. There's a couple more that I want to do. I'll scatter them about here and there because, like, when I was doing my research, there was another couple that they said that the two of them, so Kim and Lucas, were almost like identical to this other case, and they're like it's just like that. But I think it was like a older case. Uh huh. Um, so I wanted to do some more research on that, but yeah, this was like just this year. I'm like, well, what the fuck? The what the fuckery? The what the fuckery? But yeah, there you go, you guys. Bravo! All because they decided to watch a Twilight series. <laughs> Twilight killers. Did they binge the whole thing? Did they say they did? Well, I said they watched four, which I think there's five. Total. Oh. so they didn't finish. Well, yeah. I'm trying to remember like when the big one came out. Was it out already? I think so. I'm assuming so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I was never a Twilight person. I mean, I, I loosely watched them, but I was like, oh my God. Oh, I never must go see the premiere. You it's know, no. I'm a Harry Potter nerd. So very cheesy. Yeah. It's my like- sister loved her. My sister oh, yeah. yeah. Was she one of those that read the books too? Yeah. No. Okay. She was too young for the books, but she was just old enough when the movies came out. She's like, oh my of my life. I was like, yeah. yeah. So yeah, they watched porn, like, I watched four. Maybe unless, you know, the media decided to, because I know the last one was like part one or part two, maybe they're considering that as one. that. Doesn't matter. They watched watching them. Twilight. They are watching Twilight, getting drunk and eating ice cream, you know? mm-hmm. I don't know about the Twilight part, but I could drink eat ice cream, but not after murdered people. I like, like, you normally do after murder people. <laughs> You know, I don't know about that. We can't talk about that one. Yeah. Yeah, no, we cannot talk about that. Reasons okay, reasons that's a joke. But yeah, yes, that's my story. And of course, we've decided instead of listing off our sources, I you know this could be a lot at the very end, we always put them in our show notes anyway. So yeah, we'll put them in the show notes. Again, like I said, I did watch, or not watch, but listen to more of it, which did a really great episode on it too. And just another couple that I just really quickly wanted to mention were actually some YouTubes because... Some YouTube ep- episodes were really great in, re- in regards to the research, which was Beyond Crime YouTube and See Elise YouTube, which she's fabulous, by the way. Well, the good news is the beauty of YouTube is we can actually, which we will, up in this little, well, maybe it's over here. I don't know how editing Just works. over my face. It won't be. But in the fun thing is we can actually put a link. There's a clickable link to her video, so we'll put some of those. It'll either be over here or it'll be over here. You'll think, I'll figure yeah, it out. That's which I think is hilarious. Like she'll talk about true crime while she's cleaning. I love that. So chicks can do makeup and talk about your Yeah, she cleans. That's nice. Exactly. Yeah. That was it, you guys. Well, thank you so much for that. Sorry to all of you who have children. Yeah. Make sure you lock them in the room tonight. With With all that said, we'll see you guys on the next one. Cheers. Cheers.